Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along. If this is the first of our podcasts that you ever listened to, please do hit that subscribe button, leave us a review and come along for the ride because we get up to a whole lot of fun. And I'm coming to you from a brand new location, a brand new studio. That might be dressing it up just slightly. It is my garage. However, it is the home, the brand new home of Moto New Zealand Media. And of course, Kiwi Rider Podcast gets recorded right here. Uh, I'm still in Wellington. I'm still in Upper Hutt. Uh, but just a new new base, new garage. And it's a bit bigger. And I've got a bit more space. So uh, very soon on the Moto NZ YouTube channel, I'll be doing a, uh, a walkthrough of the new space, the new studio, the new garage. I love to have you along. Jump on there, hit that subscribe button. We're closing in on 1,000 subs. Um, Let's dive into the episode. And it's that time of year where we have to start thinking about, if you're a commuter rider, that is, uh, swapping out that tinted visor for something a little bit lighter. Uh, I've found in the mornings I've still got heaps of light but coming home at night if I don't get away from work bang on 5.30 uh, there's a good chance that um, well things are starting to get dark by the time I get home so I've actually retired for winter the Arai XD4 I've chucked it up on the shelf and I've gone back to the Arrow Commander helmet with a clear visor and pin lock installed that's just my uh, I, I realise that's first world problems i'm very privileged to be able to have so many helmets and so much gear which is absolutely brilliant and thank you very much to the people that support me in that um but yeah i've gone to a, t- a clear visor which is a bit of a shame because i quite like the look of a tinted visor um but also with the, the switch switch of helmets i've had to go to a different cardo so up till now i've been running the cardo pack talk edge and pack talk neo for um daily commuting weekend worrying worrying worry worry warrioring weekend riding we'll say that um but on the um on the arrow commander i've actually got the uh the freecom x4 one of those uh basically exactly the same button layout slightly different doesn't have mesh communication so you are slightly limited in how many riders you can uh, communicate with but my daily ride five days a week i don't actually talk to anyone i just listen to podcasts music or record podcasts to talk to you on so um the xd4 uh sorry the arrow commander with the freecom x will do just nicely and comparing the arrow commander to the um arai xd4 actually i found the xd4 has a lot more air around your ears a lot more ventilation uh where the arrow commander things are a lot closer to your ears closer to your face it's a bit warmer so that might help me during the winter months as well um still a brilliantly comfortable helmet really like it uh and i'm actually kind of happy that i get to make some more use of it um so yeah, retired the uh, XD4 from Arai and cranked out the Arrow Commander for uh, the time being. What else is going on? I uh, sprung a leak in the fork seal of the Tenere 700. So that's got a leaky fork seal in it and I got the seal saver in there and, and dug out a, a lot of dirt and crap but I think the seal itself is actually buggered because it's still leaking. So I've reached out to Aris Motorcycles 
Um, and, and the conversation went basically, I don't know what I need to do. I know I need to do something. And in that process, we need new fork seals. Uh, so they were guiding me through the process of what we need to do to the Tenere 700 suspension to, uh, to revolutionize it, to bring it into the new generation, shall we say, to uh, modernize it, to improve it. And plans are progressing. There's not much more I can tell you about that at the moment. But things are happening with the T7. Um, I'll share more with you when I can. But uh, at this stage, um, it's sitting in my garage with a leaky fork seal and still getting ridden most of the, most of the time. Um, Thursday, the day this podcast comes out, I will be off down to uh, to Motorrad to drop back the Moto Marini Ciamezzo 6.5 SCR. That's due for its 1,000km service. So drop that off on Thursday uh, and hoping to take something else funky for a ride for the day because I've still got to get into uh, Wellington Central to go to work. Um, but that's been a fun little bike. I haven't ridden it much lately. It's needed. It's been due for a service for probably four weeks now, and I uh, haven't been riding it because it is due. But I just, I, I've had so much going on. You know, life admin gets on top of you, and you just, you just got to prioritize things. So the service on the Motor Marini has been put on the back burner while I got the house move done. Um, we're in the new house now, as, as I said at the start of the show. So, um, and then garage is slowly coming together. Garage slash studio slash workshop area for bikes. Um, still a lot of you know when you got a family, you gotta you gotta find places to store stuff. Uh, I've still got boxes of baby toys and baby clothes, which the wife doesn't want to get rid of. You know the story. So. Um, yeah, the garage is looking a bit cluttered, but I finally got room for the two bikes in the garage at the moment, which is great. And the Moto Marini will be off on Thursday to Motorrad for its service, and then we can ride it some more, which is going to be awesome because I'll need something to ride when the T7 is getting its suspension done. So there's a bit of a catch up on what's happening in my world. Not that you asked, not that you probably care, but a lot of this, uh, if you want to see photos and videos, MotoNZ.com and of course the YouTube channel MotoNZ on YouTube, search it out and uh, you'll see the full updates on a lot of these things that I've been talking about. Let's dive into what's happening in the world of motorcycles. Triumph Motorcycles New Zealand has confirmed the pricing of the soon-to-arrive next-generation Street Triple 765 range. The new Street Triples benefit from Triumph's learnings as the engine supplier for the Moto2 series. Along with the new Street Triple R and RS, New Zealand will also be getting a limited number of Street Triple Moto2 special editions as well. Once the pinnacle of the Street Triple range for 2023, the Street Triple 765R acts as the entry point of the Street Triple range due to the discontinuation of the Street Triple 660, replaced by the popular Trident 660. The 2023 model enters the market at $18,990 plus on-road costs. The RS model ups the ante with top-spec Brembo Stylema brakes, Olin's STX rear shock, and on top of that, 10 extra ponies to play with. Pricing starts at $22,000 
$3,990. Topping the range is the exceptional Moto2 Special Edition, which shows off the fruits of Triumph's Moto2 engine supply deal. That means the full Olin's treatment numbers are strictly limited and pricing set to be around $28,490 plus on roads. More information on this story plus photos, head to onthrottle.co.nz. Kawasaki Revive's Eliminator badge. Could New Zealand see Kawasaki 400cc cruises? After 16 years, Kawasaki has revived, revived the Eliminator badge with the new model set to bolster the brand's 400cc lineup. It makes sense to give riders a 400cc cruiser option, and Kawasaki is already a brand that offers a lot thanks to its clever platforming. Just, just take a look at the 650cc twin lineup to see what we we mean. The Eliminator 400 was announced earlier this month and debuted at the Osaka Motor Show to great acclaim, and it looks every bit like the modern interpretation of the classic Kawasaki Cruiser that we first saw in 1985. Being based around the 400cc double overhead cam parallel twin from the Ninja and Z400, power could be somewhere near 49 horsepower with 39 newton meters of torque. However, expect Kawasaki to have done some subtle tuning in the way the engine delivers its power to suit more low-end torque. The only part the Eliminator appears to share with any other Kawasaki model is the engine, with a new chassis housing it in a sleek and raked-out package, just like its forebearers. Suspension is old-school, with standard telescopic forks, springing the front while the rear, unlike the Vulcan 650S, is a twin-shock setup. Seat height measures 735mm, so it will be very learner-friendly, while the foot controls are centrally mounted rather than feet forward, another nod to its learner-friendly build. The cockpit appears to be an uncluttered affair with single-gauge front and centre to provide the rider all they need to know. Lighting is an all LED affair with colours shown appear to be muted tones rather than Kawasaki's traditional in-your-face hues. While the Eliminator has yet to be confirmed for global markets, Kawasaki New Zealand has already confirmed they're interested in bringing the Eliminator 400 to our shores and are awaiting more details from Kawasaki HQ in Japan. With the low to mid-capacity cruiser market decimated by the implementation of mandatory ABS braking, another option with a bit of poke would surely be welcomed by the Lambs market. More information and photos on this fantastic motorcycle you can find at onthrottle.co.nz. And in our final story, only one Indian Challenger RR is heading to Oceania. Indian Motorcycle is giving fans a chance to get in on the King of the Baggers action. To celebrate their victory at the AMA's King of the Baggers class, you know, the bonkers place where massive cruisers get kitted out and go racing bar to bar on the racetrack, Indian is set to release a limited run of Challenger RR race replicas for those wanting a taste of the action. Bagger Racing hasn't caught on here yet, but maybe it should be something we should be looking at adopting. There's drama and incredible modification to take hefty touring bikes and make them tackle the ins and outs of the track. And more in the class which is dominated by Indian motorcycle and arch rival Harley Davidson. 
The Challenger RR, as the name suggests, is a race replica as close as you can get to the real deal. To add to the allure, Indian is building just 29 examples and, according to Polaris representative Mike Blundo, just one example is heading to Oceania. Like the championship winning race bike, each of the 29 Challenger RRs will be built by the team at SNS with Indian boldly stating that the bikes will be the first time a race ready bagger will be available to the public to purchase. Originally the thought of road racing baggers was perplexing to many and even downright offensive to road racing purists explains Gary Gray, Vice President, Racing Technology and Service for Indian Motorcycle. But in just three short years, King of the Baggers has emerged as the hottest thing in motorcycle racing as these bikes have rapidly evolved in their sophistication and we thought it would be awesome to give people the opportunity to own the bike that holds the crown. Unlike a more traditional race replica, which is more likely than not set apart from its base bike counterpart by a set of swanky graphics, the Challenger RR is every bit a replica of Tony O'Hara's 20, number 29 championship winning bike while that translates to a bike that is sadly not street legal, it also means the Challenger RR is crammed with some of the best kit money can buy. The bodywork has had a full going over, with carbon fibre saddlebags stepping in for the standard items, plus an aero race fairing and belly pan courtesy of SNS. The ergos have also been tweaked for racing, with a settlement seat raising the seat height, while the foot position slides rearward thanks to a set of SNS rear sets. The suspension for the RR is supplied by Olins with FRG 250 forks matched to a TTX rear shock. Helping turn in and choice for sticky rubber, the wheels have been swapped out from the factory fitted 19 and 16 inch combo for a pair of 17s wrapped in Dunlop race rubber. The engine hasn't missed out on the action either. SNS have increased displacement to 112 cubic inches via the big bore kit, while the engine breathes more freely thanks to an SNS air intake system with 78mm throttle body, ported heads, SNS camshafts, and a 2 into 1 race exhaust. The factory belt drive has also been swapped out for a chain, while shifting is quicker thanks to, of course, a quick shifter. For more information and some awesome photos of this stellar-looking machine, head to onthrottle.co.nz. And that is pretty much all I've got for you this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please do remember to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, leave a comment and let us know what you like and what you didn't on this podcast. And uh, we've got a whole lot more coming for you as we get the garage sorted get the internet on because I still don't have that thanks two degrees you've taken three weeks and you said it'd be done in two days there's my gripe over and done with jump on kiwirider.co.nz that is the website for the latest magazine the magazine comes out twice a month absolutely free on throttle.co.nz is Matt's website he's got his finger on the pulse of all things motorcycling news around the world my website motonz.com the YouTube channel search out motonz that's all the plugs thank you so much for listening I've been Ray this is Kiwi Rider Podcast keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time (laughs) 